This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Today I'm just going to go ahead and introduce you to this. Um, that, that word is mikasa. Everybody say mikasa. Mikasa, which is my home, my house, right? Mikasa. And then there's a blank there, which we're, we're going to try to fill that blank, or you're going to fill that blank in a minute. Uh, but Mikasa, you guys may have heard of that, like, verbiage from the popular saying that goes, Mikasa. Right, that means my house is your house, my home is your home, right? Make, your, make yourself comfortable here, right? So Mikasa, my home, my house. Um, some of you guys may know this. If you've been here over the past few weeks, I touched on this a little bit, but I'm not originally from Michigan, from the Detroit area. I'm actually originally from Colorado, right, and then moved to Florida, spent like, you know, a good, like, couple, you know, probably 12 years, I don't know, some in Florida, and then we recently moved here. So I'm not a Michigander. Uh, I'm not a native Michigander, but I'm a proud transplant to Michigan, okay? Anybody proud to be from Michigan? I'm so glad you guys had that week of response because I'm about to get you. Okay, listen, so, um, <clears throat> so we moved here about three years ago. We're coming up on three years now uh, that we relocated from Orlando, Florida, Mickey Mouse, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, and, uh, um, and relocated up here to Michigan, right? Bang, bang. Okay, so uh, um, when we moved, it was, it was kind of a weird transition. We, we, were, we spent about a year in Orlando. We're, we're from Orlando. That's where Carmen and I went to high school and did, you know, all of our teenage years and all of our dumb stuff and, and all that in Orlando. And then we moved away for a minute, moved back. It was still in Florida, but we had kind of hopped around Florida just a little bit for a couple of years. Ended up back in Orlando, and when we were back in Orlando, we ended up at a, at a church that from the outside looked very uh, healthy. It was a lot of people, they had just bought a new building, uh, you know, things were going up. It looked like there was a lot moving and shaking there, but that was probably the worst year of my life, um, of my adult life that I can remember, because being there um, for that year put me in such a dark place. I was angry, I was bitter, I was depressed, um, and it was, it was a rough time for me, and you know, you know how things go when you're a big baby, if things go rough for you, you make things rough for everybody, right? So Carmen suffered and Olivia suffered too because I was a Grinch the entire year, and, and what was happening was on the outside I was seeing, you know, like this church seemingly doing great things, but on the inside when I knew everybody I was working with and the other pastors and leadership there, and I was able to see the underworking of what was going on, it, it didn't sit right with me. It was weird being part of a church and talking about hope and restoration and reconciliation and, and community and faith and friends and family, and then being part of a church that says all that, claims all that, preaches all that, and then behind the scenes, there's absolutely none of that going on. There's a lot of shadiness going on, and it put me in a dark place because that was our, our income, you know, like we, we, we were on staff, and so we pay our bills with that, but you don't want to be associated with it in any way. So for a good year, I spent uh, praying and just begging for God to, to take us somewhere else, anywhere else, right? And so uh, I'll never forget it. I was driving down the street, and I, coincidentally, I was on a road called Michigan Avenue. And I'm driving down Michigan Avenue in, in the heart of Orlando, Florida, driving down Michigan Avenue, and me and Carmen were talking about, literally in that moment, talking about 
well, okay, let's talk about Detroit. You know, all we know about Detroit is, is you know, 8 Mile, Eminem, you know, you've been here so long, you're a plant. You know, like the whole 8 Mile battle rap scene. And uh, um, now everybody from the 313, put <laughs> hands up and follow me. Hey, everybody from the 313, so all y'all not from here. Okay, that's weak. All right, so. Uh, we were talking about it. We're sitting at the traffic light, and as we're sitting at the light, I kid you not, we're like, yeah, so what about Michigan? I don't know. The Detroit area seems kind of weird, blah, 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 blah. And we're on Michigan Avenue, pull up at a red light, look off to the, to the right-hand side, never, never remember seeing this in my life, and I grew up in Orlando, and we looked off, and there was a car dealership on Michigan Ave called Detroit Auto Sales. On Michigan Detroit, Michigan in Orlando praying about moving, and I was like, oh, this must be God, right? So uh, we decided off of the, the car dealership that we were going to move, just kidding, we decided that, that it, was, it was a good move for us at the time, the season we were in, and when we moved here, it was weird because I expected to get here and to meet a bunch of like proud, happy, excited Michiganders, right? Like we got here in like the fall time, there's pumpkin spice everything, which makes everybody happy, at least the basic ones, happy, right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> pumpkin spice, okay, right? And uh, we moved, and it was like, this is the, great, the best season to move in, right? And um, we got here, and it was like we were talking to people, and they were like, okay, where are you from? And I'd be like, oh, we moved here from Orlando. And they'd be like, Why'd you, why in the world are you in Michigan from Florida? <laughs> We'd be like, I, I don't know. Florida's not that great. What are you talking Yes, it is. I've never lived there. Don't know anything about it, but I know it's great, okay? Right? Like, it is great. Trust me, it's great. Orlando's awesome. There's nothing wrong with Orlando. There's Mickey Mouse there, remember? Huh? Right? Like, there's... It's great. Like, why'd you come here? And I'm like, no, listen, there's, it's not that great. Oh, you're, you're crazy. I would never move here in a million years. You couldn't get me to move to Michigan from Florida. If I was in Florida, I would have stayed in Florida. Cool. If you like it so much, I can tell you my old Josh, you can move it, right? But it was, it was weird because more like the majority of people we encountered, they were like, why are you here, dude? Why are you here? Go back there. Don't move here. Winters are long. That sucks. Seasonal depression, right? Like, it's not good here. And, and that's what I heard over and over. So in spite of the stank attitude we got, it was funny because we had our fair share of rough times. I cried many, and I don't cry, but I cried. And I was like, I didn't want to go home, right? And, and things were rough for a minute, but then we pushed through, and, and all of a sudden it clicked. And it was like all at once we got this, like, deep sense of, like, belonging and liking it here and wanting to stay here. And now if you talk to me about Florida, I dump on Florida happily all day, right? I wear Michigan, I, I wear Detroit stuff happily. I made, I mean, I'm not even from here, but I'm a total fake because I make rap music about Michigan and about Detroit, so I'm really fake, right? Um, I'm, like, I'm, like the dude, I'm like the dude in 8 Mile that he, he's like, and Clarence's parents have a real nice marriage, right? Like, I'm Clarence. I'm not from Detroit, but I claim, I claim I'm from Detroit for the street cred. And, uh, it just all at once, it was like, yo, this makes sense. We like it here. We want to stay. We started getting traditions. We, we would go to Trevor, we go to Traverse City every summer now. Um, uh, every Thanksgiving, we go to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like, we drive to it. We don't watch it, right? Like, we have traditions now that revolve around doing things Michigan style, and we love it. We, if, if, you, if you don't believe me, I used to call pop... Like, I'd call it anything but pop. When I was in Florida, I'd hear people call it pop, and I'm like, you're stupid, right? I call pop pop now. I've been converted fully. Like, now I love it. Better Made, Verners, Fago, bad sports teams. I love Michigan, right? I love the Detroit area. I love it, right? But I still, to this day, will encounter people 
that when they meet me for the first time or, or find out where I'm from for the first time, they'll be like, where are you from? I'm from Orlando, Florida. Oh, my gosh. You need to leave as soon as you get the chance. Any, do you, have you been on 696? They've been working on that boy for 15 years. They've been, they, they, they fix one part, and then the other part gets ruined that winter, so they fix that, and then that gets ruined. And we've just been doing this 696 thing for 696 years now. Like, it's just not good. Like, you need to go somewhere else. And here's, here's my take to them. I say, but, yeah, listen, listen. We left Florida because we were in a spiritually dark season. We didn't, we, we left and we came here because it was a God opportunity we believed, right? And we knew that when we got here, we wanted to make a lasting impact. We wanted to do something beyond ourselves. And even when it looked grim, I mean, Detroit, right? Like, it, it's got one of the grimmest looking environments that you could picture in America today. And when you get that and you live in that and you experience that, it's really easy to start thinking and wishing of other things, right? And so we knew early on if we really wanted to do what we set out to do here and what we believe God wanted us to do here, we were going to have to get over that, fight through that, and commit to something, right? And I start off with this, not because today is a whole message about how now my home is Metro Detroit. Like, that's not, I say that because I want to draw a comparison to this. The, the, the rhetoric that we got from many of the people when we moved here, I'm afraid, is the rhetoric that a lot of people share about a lot of things, we live in a, in a culture, in a society, in a world, ultimately, where everything now is immediate, it's fast-moving, it's temporary, it's transient. We're, we're used to things changing when we want it, how we want it, right? Don't believe me? Somebody right now get on Grubhub, order a Baconator. It'll be at the back door in five minutes. I promise. I do it. A lot. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Baconator, much, much sodium, mucho sodium, right? And... It'll be there, right? You, you can hop on Amazon and you can buy something right now and it'll be at your front door tomorrow morning. We live in this very fast-moving, very quick-changing environment, and if we're not careful, that begins to reprogram us into thinking that that's how spirituality works. We, we, we put ourselves in this mindset that that's how God works whenever he wants to do something new. See, I'm from the church in the South, and we, they, they have these isms that they say all the time, right? Hug the neck next to you, brother. Hug somebody. Shake somebody. Turn to your neighbor and tell them. Right? There's different verbiage that we use up there that y'all are lucky. You should be thanking the Lord that we don't do that here. Right? And, and one of those things is that, oh, I believe that God's going to do a new thing. There's a, God's going to do a new thing. And, and here's the caveat to that. A lot of times when we talk about God doing something new in us, we believe at the core of it that the new thing includes a new place with new people, a new title, a new surrounding, new everything, but that, I'm afraid, I don't think is the case. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about today, Mikasa, is because I, I want to talk about the idea of making a home where you are. See, for us, that if we've been somewhere long enough, um, a chef I used to work for said, tenure breeds complacency. So when you've been somewhere a long time, you get lackadaisical, right? You get kind of like passive, like, yeah, whatever, it'll, it'll float itself, right? But, but there's another saying I want to give to you this morning, and the, and the saying is this. I want to make sure I don't get it wrong. The saying is this. Familiarity breeds contempt. 
Familiarity breeds contempt. What does that mean? That means that we decide that we know a person or a place or a thing too much, so after a while we get tired of it, we're, we're over it, been there, done that, that we begin to distance ourselves from it. We begin to hold it at a distance, and then we become less and less compelled by it to the point where now we're no longer compelled by the people around us, the things around us, the places around us, the job that we work. Now we lose interest in it, and then what happens when you lose interest in it is that you lose respect for it, and when you lose respect for it, you stop investing in it personally. If you don't believe me, look at Detroit. Right? This isn't, this is emotional, this is uh, uh, career-wise, this is family-wise, this is relational, all that. But a good example of how this works and how it comes out, look at Detroit. Why hasn't Detroit changed? What's going to change? The schools need to change. Things need to change. Here's what needs to change. People need to come in and stay in that mean well. People come in, do a little dance. I'm not going to finish that. And then they dip. And they leave it for the next person. And then somebody else comes in, and they leave it for the next person. Then somebody else comes in, they try it. Oh, it's ugly. I'm getting depressed. And they leave it for the next person, right? And everybody keeps passing on their mess to the next person to clean up. And ultimately, nobody cleans it up. And that's just not how God works. But we've tricked ourselves into thinking that we're, we got something going on. We got something to offer. And that's not the trick. You do. You do have something to offer. But here's, here's the subtlety of it. What you have to offer isn't meant for another opportunity down the road, and I'm going to show you why. I'll just go ahead and show you what, what Scripture says about it. Go ahead and throw up Jeremiah 29. This is verses 4 through 7. I love this. I'm going to give you a little context. I felt like DJ Khaled right there. I love that. So there's this period of time in, in Scripture in the Old Testament known as the Babylonian exile. The Babylonian exile happened because, you guys know King Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah? King, no? Okay. Um, VeggieTales, anybody? The giant, the giant chocolate bunny? The bunny. The bunny, right? And Rack Shack and Benny had to bow to the bunny, but they wouldn't, so they got thrown in the furnace, right? King Nebuchadnezzar made kebabs because they're veggies, right? That was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar, right? Giant idol, statue, yada, yada. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar... Uh, 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 attacked and, and seized uh, Jerusalem, right? And so this uh, spawned and brought in the Babylonian exile where God's people, the Israelites, are now somewhere, check me out, somewhere they did not expect to be, somewhere they didn't want to be, somewhere that's unfavorable for them, and they're there and they're crying out to God, yo, when is this circumstance going to change? This, we, we're done with this. We, there's got to be another thing for us, for your people. We got too much to offer as a people. There's more going on. And, and, and here's God's response to them in, in Jeremiah. If you want to know the whole story, it's a powerful story. You can go back and read that. Like I said, it's Jeremiah. But, but for the sake of this, I want to pull this because I think that there's some similarities here for us. Here's what, what God says back to those exiled in an unfavorable place, forcibly taken there with not favorable conditions, and they want something to change. Here's what God says to them. Check it out. This is what the Lord Almighty God of Israel says to those carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 5, it says, he says this. Check me out. Build houses. Settle down. Plant gardens. And eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so they too can have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. 
Also, here's my favorite part. This applies to all of us here. Verse 7, also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Check this out. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you prosper. You know that place that you're in, that you don't like being in, that's unfavorable for you? You don't like it. You can't see the point to it. You want to leave. You're praying to me, asking me to take you out of this relationship, out of this job, out of this neighborhood, out of this state, off of that highway, whatever it is. Here's what I have to say to you. Okay, ready? You want a big move, huh? Here we go. Stay put. That's, that's not God's plan. God's doing something new. God's doing something in me. I know what he put in me. He put a vision in me. He put a purpose in me. I got something to offer everybody. God, what? Settle down. And don't, don't, just, don't just throw up a tent there. Plant gardens. Something you have to tend to. Something that's going to take a while for you to see through. Have kids. When they get old enough, they'll have kids. Create a legacy. Have something going on. Don't be so quick to move past this situation because surface level looks bad. But I have a purpose there. I have intentions for you there. Don't be so quick to glaze over this and just move on. Settle down. Get comfy. Kick your feet up. Let some people into it. Just let it breathe. There used to be this song by, uh, by Mace. Y'all remember Mace? She said, mm-hmm, go ahead, girl. It was called Breathe, Stretch, Shake, right? Anybody? Breathe, stretch, shake, let it go. Y'all remember this? Whatever. That's what God said. He said, let it breathe, man. Let it breathe. You keep thinking that this situation you're in is somehow removed from me or that I'm far from you in this, but, but not really. And, and even more than that, here's, here's the thing. I don't just want you to exist there. I don't just want you to put up a life there. I don't want you to just keep yourself preoccupied until I get there. I want you to make a home there where it seemed unfavorable, where it seemed uncomfortable. Make a home there. Start, start having an impact there. And then check this out. I love verse 7 because he says this. He says, and pray for it. Pray for it. Far too many of us are okay with pointing at something, pointing out the negatives in it, pointing out where it needs to change. Your boss sucks. They, I could do their job better than them. My spouse, they can't, take, they can't do anything right. I told them to do this and not do that, and I told them to do My kids can't get nothing right. Ba, 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 point, 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 point. No, 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 God said, listen, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But pray for it because here's the kicker to this whole thing. I put you there to invest in it because when it prospers, you prosper. Whoa. Whoa. Have skin in the game enough to where when the, the, the team wins the game, you get to celebrate too. Did you know even bench players get rings when they win Super Bowls? Have, have some sort of skin in the game. 
So that way, when, when think, because you better believe God has a plan for everywhere that he's working. Yes, for your job. Yes, for your kid's school. Yes, for your annoying neighbor with the crazy dog. Yes, for all. He has a plan, and he's working in all of it. Not just you, not just me, not just Central. And here's the thing. If you will stick around long enough to be a part of it, then when it comes to fruition, you get to celebrate too. You get to be a part of God's, God's work too. But instead, we talk ourselves into thinking, no, 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 not me. I'm too talented for that. We're going to pull the LeBron, right? I'm taking my talents to South Beach. I'm out. I've outgrown this. I've got tired of this. This isn't for me. Too many times we get tired of the same old scenery. And the danger of that is that we begin, check this out, to throw the people, the culture, and the nuances Away than inhabit it. So in other, in other words, have you ever uh, had to hang a picture in your house? Or you were supposed to, so you took one down, and you set it down, leaned it on the wall, and then you left. And a day turned into a week, a week turned into a month, and then now we're next year. Or that Christmas tree, the Christmas lights. You left them up, you're supposed to take them down the week after Christmas, because, you know, I was just so tired from a holiday. And here you are next Christmas, and you're like, oh, good, they're still up, <laughs> You want to know how that happens? It becomes white noise. You exist in the same place as something long enough without paying enough attention to it to change it that now it just becomes white noise to you and it doesn't matter anymore. And then one day you you go, oh, wait a minute. I meant to do this like forever ago. It's kind of like that. God's saying if you're not careful where you're at that I intentionally have you to be. It's going to end up like those Christmas lights. And day after day, month after month, year after year, you're going to be sitting at your desk, working at that register, working wherever you are with the people you're with. And you're going to be wishing so much that it would change that on a day-to-day basis, you miss how you can be practical with them. They become white noise. We glaze over them. We're too busy looking off in the distance to see the here and now. That's creepy, you can hear that. I wrote this down. When we hold ourselves, our purposes, our intentions, our mission as more meaningful than where we are. What I have in here and in here and what I'm driven to do is more important than where I am. I got to go somewhere else, do something else, seek out another opportunity. When we do that, when we make ourselves and our motives more meaningful than where we are, We strip the image of God from the people and the things around us. In ministry, I see this a lot. It drives me nuts. Pastors will be waiting. They they use churches or they use ministries or they use events like stepping stones. And they'll occupy that space or exist in that space and do the bare minimum, minimum they have to do to look good until they get called up and get the opportunity they really want, right? We use things as like a stepping stone. And that's not just in the church. Sadly, it happens in the church, but it's not just there. We sometimes treat people like this. We treat jobs like this. We treat positions like this. We treat neighborhoods, houses, neighbors like this. Oh, I'm only living here until I get my money right and I can buy the house in that neighborhood. We we treat things like this. And when we do that, what we're effectively saying is that, listen, what God wants to do right here, right now with you, with you, with you, with you, doesn't really matter. It's not going to matter until I get where I think I need to go. And we strip the power of God to work in, in our life right now. 
We strip the things that God can be doing right now away. We take any opportunity off the table because we put up our blinders and we wait to get there where the grass is greener. But um, if I could quote a uh, Detroit prophet, Big Sean, in the Canadian prophet Justin Bieber's song, he says, uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's green where you water it. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. <laughs> we strip the image of God from the things around us. The truth is that when we plant our feet, invest our time, our emotions, our prayers, our money into the things around us, they'll prosper. And when they prosper, we prosper. Rich Perez says it in his book. I'm, I'm not going to act like this is 100% my idea. I read a book called Mikasa. Thank you, God. Mikasa Uptown, he's from Uptown, New York, Washington Heights, super Dominican. And he talks about how his neighborhood is changing and things that he always knew are going away. And how all his friends talked about how one day I'm going to make it and I'm going to make it out of here. And I'm going to go change the world. And he challenges them by saying, if you want to change the world, why don't you change the one that you came out of? Why don't you stay where you are and make this place somewhere desirable so your kids or my kids don't grow up here and think we need to leave to do something important. We can change it right now, right here. And he says this. He says, on the other hand... There's something equally special and rewarding in the mindset that pursues familiarity. Famili familiarity inspires locality. It, inspire, it inspires intentional presence. It inspires sticking around long enough. Long enough. Long enough for what, you ask? Well, long enough for anything. Most of us don't see the change we want to see because we don't commit to the process that change requires of us. Most of us will never see the change that we want to see in our job space, in our city space, in our neighborhoods, in our loved ones, in our spouses, in our kids, because we don't commit to the process that change requires. But our families, neighborhoods, and cities would greatly benefit from a mindset that pursues and values familiarity. Here's the idea. Here's the idea. If everybody has the mindset that I'm only here until, I'm only here until, then nothing ever changes. This is how systemic fractures turn into breaks, turn into collapses. Because the system and things like that stay in place. They will be there. They are a commitment. They're a written commitment enforced by people. And if there's no commitment on the other side from real people that love real people, then things will not change. What I'm saying to you today is this. Where you are, you are there for a reason. That's not to say you cannot move. That's not to say you will not move. What that is to say is move when you're led. Go where you're sent. And where you are, be present in the here and now. There's always something happening directly in front of you. Directly in front of you. Next to you, to your left, your right, your front, your back, the house next door, the house down the street. We just moved um, from Madison Heights to Centerline, and it broke our heart, honestly, because 
we've been in the, the same house in Madison Heights for almost three years. I had a, I had a weird, like, um, MSNBC, not MSNBC, ooh, no, I had, a, I had a weird, like, ABC, like, sitcom moment. Like, I watch A Million Little Things. Anybody watch that one? <laughs> if you do, it's even really good. It's depressing, but it's good, right? And, uh, or, like, This Is Us, and I had, like, a flashback moment. I was cleaning out the house the other day, and I walked into the living room, and I just stopped. And I was, <laughs> I was playing a song by uh, an artist named Leon Bridges, and it was, like, real soulful, slow song, so I was primed, ready for the waterworks. And I walked into the living room, and I just stopped, and I was like, thank you, God. I was super sappy. I was like, thank you, God. Right, and I'm looking around, and I'm picturing Olivia opening presents under the tree. I'm picturing our first Halloween here when, when Olivia was sitting in her Peppa Pig costume on the front steps. Right, I'm picturing the neighbors down the block when we first met them and the kids would come party in our front yard. I'm picturing all these things that are happening and we thought as much as we could for different ways that we could stay in that house because we didn't want to lose that legacy we were building. We didn't want to lose what we had with our neighbors. My neighbor uh, uh, would come to my house and he would legit just knock on my door and he'd be like, hey man, you can drive me to the store? That's really how I talk. Hey man, you drive me to the store? Yeah, man, get in the car. And I would drop whatever I was doing, get in the car and drive him because that gave me 10 minutes to talk to my man. Every time he asked for a ride, I was seeing, I was motivated because I was seeing God's practical plan for change being worked out. When I stopped and planned, there was many times we thought about moving and then we decided, listen, we're only going to move when we have to because if we keep moving when we want to, we're going to move every 10 months. We get bored, you know. But we're going to commit to only move when we have to because guess what? Now I know that neighbor and that neighbor and that neighbor. And now they know if they need something, they can come to me. We were having their kids ask for prayer. Mom and dad won't let them go to youth group because they knew I was a, pa- a youth pastor. Wouldn't let them come to youth group. But when mom and dad were fighting, they still knew to knock on our door to pray for them. There was things changing because we stayed somewhere long enough for effects to start to show themselves for things like that to start to manifest. And what I'm saying to you is this. If you're constantly looking for the next thing, then guess what? What you're dealing with now, what God has put in your hands now to change, to influence, to, 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 uh, to prosper, to grow with, if you take that, hold that, stare at that, get bored with that, and then look for that same opportunity down the road. You're going to set that down. Somebody else is going to walk in behind you, pick that up, and do the exact same thing. And the thing that God has put in your hand now will never get the change that it was supposed to get with you because we're going to keep playing hot potato with everything that God puts in front of us. What God intends for you and for me is to settle down, stay put, plant roots, and leave a legacy. What God intends for you and me is to stop looking around, seeing the negative in things, looking at people and rolling our eyes. Oh, this has always been like this. They've always been like that. This job has always been bad. I'm meant to leave here a long time. To stop looking at those things like that and to step into it with a different vision and different mentality. Walk in and say, yo, I'm a party in a box, yo. This job sucks. But the people here mean something to Jesus. And they don't know Jesus, but I know Jesus. So as long as I got to walk in this place, I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to be a party in a box. I'm going to be playing Kirk Franklin on my Spotify off the laptop. Stop. Are you with me? Stop. We're going to do a whole step routine down the office. 
because we're going to shake things up where we're at. I'm going to change something where I am now as long as I am here. Because if I don't do this, here's what we need to think about as Christians. God gave me this little slice to work on and be faithful to. And if I don't change this, I'm not going to bank on the fact that whoever comes after me is going to. So if something's going to change, I need to ensure it's going to change by doing something about it. And something meaningful doesn't happen overnight. Somebody one time told me when I went, I went to a youth pastor or something, and the, and the dude, uh, I was talking to a dude, and he told me, he was like, man, you know, I'm just, I'm just really trying to grow my youth group. We used to have like 5 billion kids, and then, you know, I started really preaching, and then we got down to like five kids. And I was like, no, they, they just don't like you. You're a goober, right? But, and then, I'm just kidding, I didn't say that, but I thought it. And another guy walked up, and he was like, no, no, listen, listen, listen. You need to do something that's sustainable. You need to make little impact, little changes over a long period of time. Because if, if growth and change and those things happen quickly, they'll leave quickly. If those things happen in a blink of an eye, they can leave in a blink of an eye. But when you stay with it and you work through the process, li- listen, I'll just be real. I did keto in, in October, right? Like we're going to go no direction. I did keto for like two months. Your boy lost like 25 pounds. And I hated it because I, didn't, I wasn't able to eat buns or, 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 or donuts or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was terrible. But I lost weight really quick, right? Stay with me. But then the second I gave up on that, like, you know, that, that, that quick scheme of things or whatever, I'll tell you what, man. When I was like, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cut back a little bit. I'm going to take in some car. I looked at a donut, I gained 10 pounds. Things that happen quick can change quick. Change that you want to, to last and to see make big changes and to move things and to change things in your life, in your marriage, in your school, your kids' school, your neighborhood, with your boss, with, with your church, with your small group, with your community, with your neighborhood, with your city, with your state. Those things take time. And they need people with the heart of God, to get behind them, to walk alongside them, to be faithful to the process, to see the change that God wants to see. Amen? So the question for us is this. I wrote down just a simple question. What could, I feel like preachers ask this a lot, what would it look like if we took God serious today? What would it look like? I mean, legit. What could change? What could actually shift? If you, just visualize yourself, you walked in to your job and you thought, yo, this is my place. Mi casa. This is where I hold it down. This is my territory. This is my responsibility. What would look different if you did that at your job? What would look different if you did that at your house, your literal house? And you stop barricading yourself inside of your house. And instead of hanging out inside, binge-watching Netflix, you went out and hung out on the porch, made a little lemonade, played some music, threw a frisbee. People may come out, hang out, do something. Now you're meeting neighbors. Now you're talking to people. Now you're being a light in a dark place. What would change if you said, I own where I am? This desk, this is my desk. This spot around my chair, that's my spot. This house, my house. This street, my street. This neighborhood, my neighborhood. And as long as I'm here, somebody's going to know that I'm here. And as long as they know I'm here, they're going to know that God is here. And there's positivity. And there's a light here. They may not ever come to Central Church. 
You may not ever walk them down the Romans road to salvation. You may not do that, but guess what? You might plant a seed because you're being faithful. And somewhere, some way, you may never see it, but what you did and what you were faithful in while you were there had an eternal impact on somebody's life. Maybe it changes something for their kids. What I'm saying is, is if you don't stick around long enough, you'll never know. If I don't stick around long enough, I'll never know. I was going through a transition recently, like a mental transition for myself recently. And I just like, I, I don't know, it was weird. Like, I felt great. I just turned 30, right? And I felt great about turning 30. Like, I really did. I was like, I still look good, right? And Amen. I still look like high school rich, right? And I'm like, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling this great. I'm, a, I'm blessed, I got a kid, I got another kid on the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm in my high school sweetheart, you know, we're doing things. Like, this is cool, man, it's great. And then, and then I started getting these thoughts where it's like, wait, whoa, 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 am I out of season? I'm, I'm 30, but I got these young guys who are like, they, you know, they're not as good looking as me, but they're talented and they're coming in around me and they're starting to shake things up and they're starting to put their hands on something that only I, had rain over for a long time. This is the way I do things. This is how I want things. And now I have to give things over to people. It, am I overstaying my welcome in something? And, and I started to really feel like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Am I, am I trying to hold on to something that's not supposed to be? And, and I was in my office meditating, right? And not like, you know, there's no incense or like, you know, hey, 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 there's no music like that. <laughs> that was bad. Um, and I was meditating, I just, I was praying, I was asking God, I was, I was thinking about something completely different, and, and, and this might weird some of you guys out, but I'm just going to be real, and I, and I heard this word coming to my head, and it kind of startled me, so it, like, it wasn't like a voice, but it was like a voice in here, and I heard the word perennial, perennial, and I was like, dog, I know that ain't me, because I don't even know how to spell perennial, I don't know what perennial is. Like perennial like guidance, like it's a bad move, perennial, right? Like I didn't know what it was. So I stopped, I typed in on my computer, perennial. Check this out, ready? I read the definition. A perennial is a kind of plant that flourishes after it's been in the same soil for over three years. This may not matter to you. Let me explain why it matters to me. Because this October, my family would have lived in Michigan for three years. And I feel like there's like a weird transition happening. I feel like we're not leaving, we're not going anywhere, but I feel like there's this weird shift. And then it was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, I got a word, literally, I got a word. Perennial, stay somewhere longer than three years and then you'll see things really bloom. Then you'll see things really flourish. And I felt like in an, in an instant, God told me, hey, you think you may have done a lot in three years. That was just the foundation. That was just, things being watered and things being set in place. What's really going to blow your mind is what happens after that. What's really going to blow your mind and shock you is what I do when you stay somewhere longer than you've stayed anywhere. This is the longest my family has ever lived in one place since getting into ministry. That's bad. That's just a bad model that was passed on to us. We thought we had to move to pursue things. This is the longest we've ever been somewhere and I can honestly say this is the most genuine, real, heartfelt, purposeful, intentional community of people I've ever been in in my life. You guys are more family than my family. You guys know me and my kids more than my mom and dad do. You guys call and check on me more than my mom and dad do. 
This doesn't happen by accident. This happens because when I was tempted to run, God said, stop. When I was tempted to leave, when things got hard, God said, stay there. You want to uproot? I want you to put down deeper roots. For you, for somebody this morning, I want to challenge you with that. What would change in your immediate environment if you said, I'm staying, I'm putting down roots, I'm not looking for the next opportunity somewhere else. Something is right here in front of me, and I'm going to be here for it. What could change? Stop searching for somewhere to finally feel like home. And we start to see home where we are. And then we change how other people see it. What I'm encouraging you to do today, this is all I have for you. It's not deep theology, it's not anything crazy. I want this to be practical for you. Here's what I want you to do. When you walk into your job this week after the holiday, walk in today and you drive down the same street you've driven down for however long you've lived there look at those houses realize there's people that live there that you need to meet when you pull into your driveway I want you to understand that that space is a space that is a resource to you that can house people that you live across the street from that could be coming to your house for dinner for cards y'all can play what what do you meme all night and you can just encourage them, get to know them, because you don't know how to love somebody until you truly know somebody. And you don't truly know somebody until you spend a long time with them. Wherever you are, whatever you inhabit now, throw down the welcome mat, open the front door, turn the lights on, get the music cranking, fire up the grill, whatever it is. Walk in, own the place, open up your house, make your home where you are, and then open your arms like this and say, come, get it. Because as long as I'm here, y'all are going to know about something. So for you right now, I want you to fill that blank for yourself. My home. Mine. This is my ownership. I'm responsible to this. I'm stewarding this for God. Fill in that blank. Maybe it's your job. That's not my home. I hate that job. Maybe that's what needs to change. Fill in that blank. Center line. Warren. Taco Bell. They need some of us to talk about, amen. Fill in that blank now. And then invite God to show you how he can use you where you are to impact things, to not just leave them for somebody else, but to change them now. To have a weight on somebody's eternity. Let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.